0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the BookCast Club. In today's episode, Alice and Sarah T discuss the love of rereading. They share their favourite books to dive back into as well as their recent and current reads. So I'm being a little bit braver with my pleas to validate us now. Um, It really helps other people find the podcast if you can pop on over to iTunes and rate and review us. And you can also support the podcast on Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash notes to the moon it does cost quite a bit to host this podcast and to ensure that our sort of back catalogue of episodes is accessible so if you enjoy the podcast and would like to help i offer a variety of different tiers starting at just one dollar and I may as well just mention this while I'm at it. You can actually currently vote for the Bookcast Club in the British Podcast Awards, Listener's Choice Award. So if you really love us, you can go and vote for us over on the website. I will put the link in the show notes. As always, you can get in touch with us via Twitter, where we're at Bookcast Club, or via email, at outlook.com. And that's quite enough from me for today. On with the show.
1: I think this is the first time we've actually recorded together. Yes, it is, which is exciting. It is. (laughs) Very exciting. So I can now officially also welcome you because I know Jenny did a wonderful introduction to you both, but it's lovely to have you on board. Um, I'm just going to keep reiterating this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, how how are you holding up with everything that's going on?
2: Yeah, good. We're, you know, muddling along as everybody is and living for the memes that pop up on instagram and you know all the funny stuff out there
1: <laughs> so many good memes so many good memes yeah. it's just it's incredible really like i think somebody shared hilariously a meme which was explain you know history exam question 2045 explain the use of memes in the coronavirus pandemic of 2020 as a coping mechanism um and i sent it to a because i did and i did a history degree and i sent it to another friend of mine who was on the same degree as me and we were both looking at it and we were like, oh my God, it's actually hilarious, but it's also just such an interesting question. <laughs> so I think, I think the memes are going to be, I think they're going to be excellent source material for history students in a few years' time. I,
2: yeah, I mean, we don't really
1: have sort of propaganda posters, so, you know, you've got to replace it with something. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Although I thought of something the other day that I considered that would be kind of the modern day equivalent of propaganda and people would be looking at it in the same way. And I can't now for the life of me think of what it was. But yeah, I think memes are going to be kind of the the cultural history marker of the of the sort of the twenty twenties and the late twenty teens, which yeah. is quite funny. Uh,
2: yeah, it is. It is quite amazing how I don't know. it's just if someone's lucky and they absolutely n- nail the thought, and then it's just that is the collective thought. But I, if you if you tried to think about it, you would never, never, ever achieve it. But it's that sort of off the cuff. This is how I'm feeling. Probably someone else is feeling like, this and then everybody's feeling like that, which is what's so exactly. good about them. It's absolutely brilliant.
1: Exactly, they're so clever. I wish I was that clever. I'm definitely not. No, um, nothing I've said has ever gone even close to viral. No. So I wish it had, but right. I just am not You're not alone. I'm, just not, I'm <laughs> yeah. just not that funny. It turns out I like to think I'm hilarious, but apparently, pointing out when I think I've been funny means that it negates any funniness that actually was there to begin with. Who knew? Yeah,
2: I could see that. It's like explaining
1: <laughs> your joke, it's if you have
2: to explain it you're doing it wrong
1: exactly Exactly. so yes we'll leave it to the professionals i think think we should i really do think we should oh so in terms of reads so i understand that you've got a lot more recent reads than i do so do you want to launch in first and then should we alternate yeah sure
2: so i think that should work i don't know i don't know what's happened because at the start of coronavirus my concentration was absolutely gone i couldn't for the life of me get into a book and it felt very weird I think it I think it was the anxiety levels and everyone was feeling the same and you know the daily updates and there was just a lot of noise and it was not the time to try and sit and focus on something else when you could see the world burning basically um so yeah so at the start of coronavirus I wasn't doing too well however I think now we're sort of into the rhythm of it I've had a very good week, and I've also been. It's, I, I'm, I don't know how you feel about audiobooks, but. And I know some people are very sort of very vocally against that it's not quite the same as reading a book, but I think I'm very much in team. If you've listened to the words that are written on a page, you've pretty much. You have consumed the book in some capacity.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would say an audiobook is definitely closer That It is the. Well,. If you consider audiobooks and films of books, those are two completely different yeah. extremes. And I would say audiobooks, yeah, they are basically the book. Unless you're listening to an audiobook of um, an illustrated book where the illustrations are a big part yes. of the book. <laughs> that would obviously be very different. But yeah, I agree. I think if you've listened to it, you've yeah, as you say, you've consumed it. It's hard to say whether you've read it. Yeah, um, it's not know, the right in terms word, of is it? Reading, but it, you have consumed. Yeah, it, yeah. I
2: think c- consumed is the word I kind of came upon because yeah red's not the right word because you haven't sat there and vis- visually read it but you've heard someone say that well, yeah it's a very bizarre concept so that's why my list is slightly higher this week because I've I've done a couple of audio books on top of um, reading so oh, fantastic my favorite one of the bunch because it's brand new um, is exciting
1: times by Nisha Dolan Um I have that, I ordered that this week and it is in my to be pile in the living room, I'm very excited about it it looks so good. It's
0: really
2: good, it's very different and I can see why people have gone and con- I, I can see why people have con- like compared her to Sally Rooney because it goes into the sort of the quiet the ordinary the miscommunication it's you know, young people, it's very contemporary it's happening sort of as we speak but it's very different it's um it's really really good I really enjoyed it it's um not a sweeping epic novel at all it's very concise frustrating in a good way which I also found with Sally Rooney's novels it's 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 a lot of emotions in a good way in a very very good way um yeah I just I, I it's it's a really hard one to explain why I liked it but it's the concept of again, it's a young girl called Ava who's an expat in Hong Kong. She's teach she's doing TEFL, which is teaching English as a foreign language. She doesn't like her job, but it gave her this opportunity. Um, she's from Ireland, and she sort of gets into this very strange relationship with a man called Julian. But there's also then she also meets a lady called Edith, and it's very much about relationships and the like the sexuality spectrum and and everything that comes with that which is why it's so difficult because it's a lot there to take in but it's so beautifully written
1: yeah it sounds it sounds fantastic i think i've seen a lot of very positive reviews of it and i think um yeah and i think the fact that it's, I think another young Irish um, author, another sort of, as you say, sort of small, very human story rather than a sweeping epic of any description, mm. definitely seems to be lending itself to the Sally Rooney comparisons. Um, I wonder if that's frustrating for either of them at all, particularly yeah. for Nisha Dolan, like whether that's frustrating to be compared to somebody who's obviously enjoying so much success, but I mean, I think people generally generally mean it as a compliment. I'm sure some people don't. Um, (laughs) Yes, because I know (laughs) Sally Rooney is not for everyone. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, I think it sounds it sounds like a fantastic book. So yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. I think that's
2: it. I think what's what is interesting is that it is absolutely meant as a compliment, and it's this this it's the same line of you know if you enjoyed Sally Rooney, I mean that's Taylor's all the time. If you enjoyed Oscar Wilde, if you enjoyed this, you know, it's a way of Keeping people reading, isn't it, and helping with recommendations, exactly. and it is a compliment, exactly. and I totally get it. <clears throat> Excuse me, and also just I think because they're both Irish, it's oh, it's a little lazy in terms of uh, the comparison. Yeah, but I think, but I think you're right. It's a very, it's it's the reason, the absolutely full compliment is the fact that it's very human, it's very contemporary, and it's different, and and they're not it's not over the top it's it's very quiet and thoughtful and um i don't know it's just yeah it's just really 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 exquisitely done and it's not over like um there's not a ridiculous amount of words which is (laughs) basically how i (laughs) my entire life is using too many words but it's yeah it's very concise and Beautifully put together,
1: almost slightly sparse by mm. the signs of things, but in a good way. Yes, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. As I say, I've seen, I've seen lots of very positive reviews, which is why I bought it. I was meant to be on a hardback buying ban because I bought <laughs> quite a few, and I don't, I don't like hardbacks at all. I really, I've, I've talked about this quite a lot actually. I really don't like hardbacks, but I thought I'd break the, the dislike at the at the moment. I don't have to lug it around. And it also just looked like such a fantastic book that I thought it was it was worth doing it for. So. Did you
2: um if you, it's the beautiful end pages are uh, it's all red, isn't it? And it the exactly, cover yeah. is it's a very pretty book a, to have as it's well. It's a <laughs> very pretty book.
1: It's very, very pretty. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. It's um, a good one to treat yeah. yourself to, I think. <laughs> exactly. So my first what my first recent read um I've actually also yeah as as you said I've also had a very good spell of reading it's kind of dipped a little bit this week actually the last well sort of the last 10 days or so because I've just had quite a lot going on but um I I've actually yeah I've been saying I've just managed to sort of race through quite a lot of books at the moment I think part of that for me is that I took the pressure off myself in terms of I normally put myself as kind of a I'm I'm vocally not a chicklet I hate that term now but I'm not a chicklet reader but I've kind of relaxed myself in terms of not forcing myself to read very heavy very in inverted commas intelligent books at the moment I've kind of decided to let myself just read for the enjoyment of reading and kind of read good stories wherever they come from and not thinking oh it's got to be a classic it's got to be written by somebody from this kind of background or this kind of perspective or anything like that it's just let's just let's just enjoy reading um therefore one of the ones that I've most enjoyed is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid oh yes (laughs) oh it's so lovely so you know for anyone who's not familiar with it it's a story of Evelyn Hugo and her seven husbands and her career in Hollywood so she's a woman in her 80s and she gets um, a young writer to write um, a piece about her and I'm not going to say very much more than that because you know there are a lot of things that you could give away about this book um so I'm going to try really hard not to but I just think the whole thing is just wonderfully written it's it was a nice easy read but it had enough substance to it a lot of really interesting perspectives a lot of very well-developed characters Evelyn and Celia were I thought particularly well-developed I thought they were just so well-rounded so wonderful just brilliant brilliant characters like I loved reading them genuinely to the point that I kind of was looking up Evelyn Hugo on Google thinking that she there might be like somebody may have like envisioned her envisaged her the same way as I had and all this kind of thing um and I just thought the whole story was just just brilliant it was a lovely clever story really interesting a couple of really interesting twists some really good dealings with some sensitive topics um a good sort of slightly twisty ending which I, I didn't see coming um, I think some people might see it coming, but I can't see, say any more than that. But I'm giving it away. Um, but yeah, I just thought the whole the whole concept was just I thought really brilliant, and I I really would recommend it for a, for a really good but not intense read. I just thought it was lovely, really, really lovely. I quite
2: like that category of a really lovely read, but nothing too heavy.
1: <laughs> Exactly, and I think they're perfect for now, so yeah, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was perfect, it was brilliant escapism, the idea of kind of, you know, old Hollywood, Hollywood in the sort of the 60s, the 50s, 60s and 70s is a a real feature of the book, and it's just brilliantly written, it's so evocative, really descriptive without being overly so, Um, and yeah, I just thought it was, I just thought it was fantastic. So I haven't read that one,
2: I've got it on my kindle i think but i absolutely love daisy jones and the six
1: yes i've also read that in lockdown i decided not to talk about that one because i know it's been discussed yeah, a couple of times but, but um oh it's just brilliant yeah. she's such a good writer Ta- taylor jenkins Reid is an absolutely phenomenal writer yeah. um she does characters so well um and the books are so different.
2: Yes, but I I I initially I didn't put it together that she, she was the it was the same author because I was like they are wildly different, but
1: that's incredibly so brilliant. They're both brilliantly executed and just yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So yes, highly highly recommend.
2: I like that. I like that. I will have to I think I'll get on that one next. Um the idea of just old Hollywood glamour feels quite nice right now. <laughs>
1: exactly there was there was a lot of really very lovely glamour to it that you just think no we're having none of that at the moment
2: yeah so um
1: but in a nice way
2: yeah <laughs> i like that a lot um
1: yeah oh that's good i will have to definitely pick that up I, what's
2: also been quite nice is that i've been reading books that i've meant to read for a really long time in lockdown i have been getting you know that sort of list of all that like pile of books that you have that you know follow you around and everyone seems to have read them
1: oh yes yes I know the type (laughs) (laughs) so one of them I know the type well
2: yeah one of them I've read recently or it's an audiobook of is an American marriage by Tari Jones
1: oh brilliant well I thought so I thought brilliant what did you think I
2: thought it was really really good I really listen I really love listening to it and all the different and it's one of those books that actually I think I really enjoyed listening to it because of the different voices and it helped bring it alive um, but an absolutely phenomenal story in terms of it absolutely, it really does sort of um, nail the the sort of hypocritical American dream doesn't it you know these people trying to live their lives and because of their race that just gets it, one day it changes everything And they're there just trying to live and do their best. And as everybody else does, you know, a fresh marriage, enjoying that, chasing their dreams. And then just because the guy is black, he's obviously the suspect and he gets thrown away in prison. And that's the end of that.
1: Exactly. I I just thought it covered that whole concept so well, so thoughtfully, so sensitively, but so brilliantly so almost brutally it's oh just yeah. Yeah, yeah such a brilliantly written book yeah really really wonderful yeah
2: and also goes into something goes into the human nature of you know what it's like to be freshly married and then the whole concept of your marriage it completely flipped on its head because they're married over just over a year before you know he's he's cast off to prison for something he didn't do and that's the the biggest point of the of the whole story is that it's it's he he's completely innocent and just because of the color of his skin um he ends up in prison for something he didn't do and it basically destroys his whole life and it,
1: it exactly like oh. being, his entire life comes crumbling down around yeah. him as a direct result of it yeah. and it's awful it's awful to read yeah. but just so so clever yeah. such a clever book and,
2: and really necessary as well I think it's a really necessary narrative that people because it, yes this book is fiction but you could easily find that story in America 10 exactly. times I'm over sure,
1: <laughs> I am sure that this, that story somebody probably has picked that book up and thought oh my god I know somebody that something very similar to this happened yeah, to exactly. I am certain of that
2: yeah and and it and it's the whole idea of even though he didn't do it, you know, and that's I mean that's that's not a spoiler because it's made clear from the offset that's the, the crux of the story, you know, the reaction he gets once he's out of prison, and and you know the taboo and the shame and the you know that word incarceration that follows someone for the rest of their lives, and the people even though his wife she knows he didn't do it, but still there's always that. You know, it's not necessarily just doubt, but it's it's the you've been painted with a brush, haven't you? It's there's there's always something there, and you can't get rid exactly. of it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> no, no, you can't. And I mean, and that's an awful part of kind of you know the the criminal justice system in general is that so often, well, I say so often it, it gets it wrong sometimes, and yeah. that's just that's an unfortunate fact of it. But it seems particularly to be the case in in certain parts of the US, and it's just it's just dreadful um yeah. but no it's a it's a fantastic read though yeah it's it's really, such a good
2: book really beautiful story and beautifully written and um I, I can definitely recommend the audiobook as well because it's really well performed um
1: amazing yeah, that was a good one and I understand that her it's actually her first novel but it's actually only just being published in the UK um Silver Sparrow is yes. just and hardback as well yeah. so I might see if I can look that up apparently that's very good so
2: yes i think american marriage is the one that sort of launched her into sort of global recognition um,
1: yeah exactly but then she
2: does have yeah another novel which I, I would definitely be picking up and um i do have a physical book as well it's one of those i picked up in waterstones a long time ago um but i'm now i can i'm now glad i can add it
1: to the the, the big fat tick <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. It's a good one. <laughs> so that kind of brings me on to my next recent read, which is actually one that I'm not going to be so positive about. Um, I hate not being positive about books, but this one, I think I'm possibly in the minority and not liking it. Oh, okay. So, but all not necessarily in the minority, but as in, I think based on the reviews, a lot of people have loved it. A lot of people thought it's incredibly clever i was not one of those people um Fair enough. so it's adults it's adults by emma jane unsworth so same author as animals which is and i understand brilliant and absolutely loved by many many people for very good reason mm. but adults just didn't land for me so it's it's a sat- it's such a satire of a 30 something and if you're going to sort of boil it down to a to a one single message it's how she feels about her phone and her relationship with her phone and social media, which I think is a brilliant concept. But for me, I just didn't feel that it was terribly well executed in that way. I think it became too, it tried to do too many things because I think there are some brilliant bits of the book where it deals very, very sensitively with some very difficult topics. And I thought those bits were really well written and really clever, but Combined with kind of this sort of feeling of this sort of thirty somethings life falling apart and being addicted to social media and all of this stuff to me it just kind of didn't land as a cohesive thing, and I just kind of wasn't feeling any sympathy for the or wasn't feeling masses of sympathy I felt some for the character when some sort of awful stuff stuff happens to her in the book and I was just thinking, yeah, there's no sort of I didn't get any sort of real sense of connection to her, and I think you know, I'm I'm of a similar age bracket to the character, and if I couldn't relate to that, and actually I read it for my book club, which is all women of the same sort of age as me, and none of them could relate to it either. I just think has it kind of tried to be too current, and actually mm. instead kind of lost the message of what could have actually been a very important story. Um, I think there was it was meant to be very funny, and bits of it were very funny. But I just didn't have any enthusiasm for it. I didn't have any enthusiasm for the story as a whole. Um, but as I said, I know that there have been a lot of really positive reviews of this. You know, so a lot, and people in my book club who have read Animals, absolutely loved Animals. So they love her writing in general. It just, there was just something about this this book that just wasn't quite, wasn't quite there for me. Um, mm. Which is a shame because I wanted to love it, but... as i say it it just wasn't quite there for me
2: um so another one that actually uh, i've read recently that has been hyped up but has delivered is the dutch house by Anne patchett and have heard a lot about it have not read it so again this is another audiobook but i'm so glad i did the audiobook because tom hanks reads it
1: seriously yep Okay, I've got an audible credit that I know exactly what I'm going to do with. Oh my God, amazing. I
2: fully recommend listening to Tom Hanks tell this story.
1: Um, Oh, that just sounds like the most soothing... I just can't imagine anything nicer than having a story read to you by Tom Hanks. It just sounds so soothing. His
2: voice is like butter. It's absolutely incredible. Um, And yeah, so I'm really glad because... I've seen it around a lot, and obviously you can't go to bookshops at the moment. And I've I've ordered too many online already this lockdown. So I was like, okay, I'm going to see if I can get the ebook, or and then my friend said, no, 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 get get the audio book because Tom Hanks reads it, and I was absolutely sold, and I downloaded it in that instant. And it's it's and it's a really brilliant story. It's a really really brilliant story, but Tom Hanks, oh, I mean. Phew, you this him reading a book basically proves why he's such a good actor because it's the voices it's it's the characterization it's a good novel to start with and it, he just sort of takes it to that ne- next level of just proving how good it is it's a beautiful story that's based upon um so it's called the Dutch house and that's sort of it is quite central to the story in the the sense that it's a young brother and sister who are the main parts of the story. They live in this Dutch house with their father as he made his uh, fortune, bought this beautiful house, but their their mother leaves because she doesn't really like the house. Um, And then there's a stepmother and a complicated relationship and and etc. That It's quite a sort of, it's quite a, common story in that sense but it's beautifully done it jumps around in time a lot so you've got to pay attention and that's where I think almost listening to it helps um because it's a bit easier to sort of differentiate but you've got to pay attention um and it's just a story about it's, it's, it's the main character really is the brother and he's sort of telling the story about his sister, his family, his relationships. Again, it's very human, um, centred around this idea of family, how it doesn't necessarily deliver on, again, the ideal societal norms of family, um, living his life, his relationship with his sister, which is really intense but in a really beautiful way. But it all comes back down to this Dutch house where everything started and everything changed and but they're always drawn and back and back and back to this. And again it's just a really it's not particularly long, it's just a beautiful story about family. Um beautifully written and read beautifully by Tom Hanks. <laughs> sounds excellent. It sounds yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's it's, I have it's heard one very of those things about it. It's sort of escapism, a really good story. You know, it's not dramatic or over-the-top, it's just really, really well-written and sort of a timeline of, of someone's life and the things that kind of go in and go out and the things you learn along the way. So another one that obviously was hyped up during the time, and I bought it at the time, was Becoming by Michelle Obama. And that's quite good timing because the new Netflix documentary's just come out. So, if you're interested, you can watch it on Netflix as well. Um, amazing, amazing biography, uh, autobiography. Really interesting. There's not much, much, much to say on it because it was, it's fascinating. I mean, reading about someone's life, but reading about her life because you know she was the first lady. She wasn't the person trying to be the president of the United States. It actually. Being that one step removed from it was is quite a fascinating perspective on the whole idea of, you know, being married to the President of the United States. But, yeah, really, really great autobiography. A nice bit of non-fiction, um, if you prefer that, which I do now and then to break up the sort of all the novels. Um, but, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend it. I also... Um, I've read it now, but she also reads the audiobook. She reads her own book, so... If you're interested um, in audiobooks, then, again, I would probably recommend that because it's her reading her story. So it's, you know, again, beautifully written, uh, beautifully told. Um, And then the other one I read was The uh, Brother of the More Famous Jack by Barbara Trepido. And it's an old book that was out of print for quite a long time. And it's come back around. I'm not entirely sure why probably because of lockdown and someone talking about women writers. I don't know, I'm guessing it's just one of those that slipped back into consciousness. But it's, a, it's, there's, I really loved it because it's sort of my guilty pleasure. I hate that phrase, but it is guilty pleasure of um sort of history. It's not really historical fiction. I mean, it's, the. sort of, I think it starts in the, doesn't actually have specific dates, but I think it's sort of 60s, 70s um so it's not current times but it's just a sort of it's about love but it's about life and it's it's witty but it's quite sad um if you like elizabeth jane howard who wrote the Casale chronicles you'll enjoy it um if you like barbara pym you'll enjoy it it's a, a woman writing very very intelligently about the sort of the way women are overlooked and the sort of trials and tribulations that um we have that aren't talked about um so it's a really really good book there it's slightly outdated you know there are phrases in there that ooh, slightly hit a nerve sometimes in terms of it's not 110 percent appropriate but you can get past them and you read it and go okay this was definitely written in the 80s <laughs> um but it's a really, really beautiful book. Quite short, um, but yeah, if you like the Casale Chronicles, um, I'm trying to think who else. Anything, yeah, anything along those lines. Barbara Pym, you'd you'd really enjoy it. So those are the two Amazing. others I've read.
1: Yeah, I have i've dipped in a note of becoming but i've actually not read it so i think again it's the hardback issue um <laughs> and at the moment i actually do also have the audiobook but for some reason haven't listened to that so i might listen to that yeah over the next week or so actually i think just i think it would probably be quite soothing i have a strong affinity with michelle obama because we have the same birthday oh um, brilliant So <laughs> i've decided that 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 means that she is my virtual bff yeah um 100%. so <laughs> i I love her, but for some reason just haven't really read it. But yeah, I'm really keen to watch the documentary on um, on Netflix. I, I've seen it and I'm just like, yeah, I think that looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I've not heard of your other one, though. I've not even heard of yeah. that. I I think I've got one of the Casale Chronicles at home, but I don't think I've read it for some reason yet. Ooh, um okay. I've definitely got it and I've heard really good things about them. So I think I'm, it must have been one that I picked up and then had to read something else for something else mm. for some reason. So, but yeah, I've heard great things about them. So I'll keep an eye out for it. So it's, it's the brother of the more famous Jack.
2: Yes. Brother of the more famous Jack by Barbara Trepido. Um, I think that's how you say her name. It's, it's one of those, one of those you read. And I said this to someone the other day, I read it and then I immediately wanted to write a novel. (laughs) I don't know why, but it's, it's just one of those, it's, it's not very long. It's, It's kind of a really beautiful example of just a very well-written story. And there's a central character called Catherine, and she is trying to sort of champion her own life, and she... Um, manages to get onto this university course when that's still sort of slightly not the norm. Um, and then her professor has this sort of crazy eccentric family. His wife has just had her sixth child and she sort of gets swept into that, falls in love with the eldest son and then it's just sort of all falls apart and then it's life and love and she runs away to Rome and then she, oh, another man comes along and it's all really oh, ups and downs. And <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's one of those, it's just a really good sort of... It, uh you can't really call it a rom com because it's probably slightly on the sadder tones, but it's just very well written, following someone up and down, life, beautiful descriptions, funny it, it quite eccentric, um, but very well written. So it it's sort of it's a nice parcel of a book
1: <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Sounds really wonderful. And there's
2: and she's got lots, and I think because I think Bloom. I think it's Bloomsbury that have republished them, and they've got lovely covers. Okay. And I think they've done as that's kind of gained slightly more kind of popularity and come into the public eye. They've they've released a few more. So
0: amazing! Yeah, oh, that's so really fantastic. That's
2: another few to add to the list. Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. So on to my current read, current read, which is. A complete about-face from everything I've spoken about before. I mean, I would say the the two previous books, the two recent reads I talked about, were very much girly books, I would say. Um, And I kind of wanted to move away from those kind of quite overtly feminine books. So I went quite extreme (laughs) and I'm now reading Den of Thieves by James B. Stewart, which is a non-fiction book about the insider trading scandals on Wall Street in the 1980s. (laughs) So, <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah
2: so literally, it's literally completely
1: complete completely opposite, opposite. Completely opposite you couldn't get further away <laughs> no, you really really couldn't that's excellent and it's fantastic i have only just started it um and i am struggling a little bit to get into it because there's lots of different characters and lots of different people and lots of jobs that i just don't understand yeah but fortunately there's a very good cast of characters at the beginning of the book so you can, you know, so it's easy to kind of check who people are. Oh, I are love and that. Sort of, of, you can flip it's back. It's really and... useful. Exactly, yeah, it's Good. so useful. But yeah, so as I say, it's about the insider trading scandals on Wall Street Ooh. in the 80s, um, which I actually didn't really know anything about. I think it's, you know, it's obviously just slightly before my time, but mm. I think it's so interesting to read about now. And it's basically where people, where individuals are using their knowledge of upcoming mergers to... Um, to make a killing in the stock market basically. Ooh, and okay. it's a story of that and how they did that and what they were doing, but also how they were brought down and the law enforcement that came after them and that kind of thing. And James B Stewart is Pulitzer prize winning. He's a Pulitzer prize winning writer. So it's wonderfully written. It's it's incredibly clear. It's incredibly descriptive. It reads like a novel. It doesn't read like a piece of nonfiction about essentially the stock market. Um, It's an area that I know nothing about and it does feel quite accessible. Um, It is quite dense because it is about the stock market (laughs) and there is a lot of kind of, you know, a lot of 80s references that I think would be um, easier understood if you perhaps had, you know, been a young adult in that time. So perhaps, you know, maybe like my parents' generation Mm. might find this a bit more easily digestible. For me, there's a lot of it that I'm going, wait, I don't really know about that. And there's a reference that I'm not fully getting um but it's brilliant it's it's a really clever book um I think it's a really it's really nice to read something so different to the rest of the things that I've been reading recently um and yeah I'm really enjoying it Mm. so hopefully I'll be reporting back on hopefully I'm sure positively in a future (laughs) episode but um yeah but yeah I'm I'm a big fan
2: that sounds really good that's I it's really interesting uh, I love story it sounds really bad but I quite like a good sort of corruption story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Especially if they're brought to justice. Like I love the—it's that chase, isn't it? Of and and yes. when things are real, I I love it even more because it's yeah. trying to get your head around. Oh no, this actually happened, and and if it's well written, so it reads like a novel. You have to remind yourself that no, this actually happened, and but I love exactly reading that. the the. The pieces that they, they come together, and then you suddenly go, "Oh, we've got you!" <laughs> I don't know. There's something very satisfying, isn't there, about watching, like reading those? And
1: I completely agree. I think there's an element of it that makes me think a little bit of the kind of more the more sort of law enforcement bits of um, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark." Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, which again is sort of you know the catching the catch a killer, yeah. I mean, literally catch a killer in that case. Um, kind of story but it's that kind of vibe I guess it's it's very journalistic mm. um I listened to a sample of the audiobook earlier because I because I did think oh maybe I might have been, like got into it more quickly as an audiobook because I think it would come across kind of as a real investigative journalism podcast yeah um if you listen to it so I think I think the audiobook would be really good um but yeah the book's the book's great i think it is out of print i had to get it secondhand from somewhere okay um but it is it's it's a great it's a great story really great story
2: i like that for the for the complete and utter opposite nature and yeah it also sounds (laughs) actually
1: wonderful um exactly exactly it's 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 a really it's a really good read
2: nice oh that's a good one i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna google that afterwards (laughs) It always feels like the the next thing you know there'll be a trailer for the for the um, you know the film will come up or the series and um, yeah
1: I think I think it's kind of a bit I've not seen Wolf of Wall Street but I do get the impression there are sort of elements that kind of cross over and stuff so it's it's that kind of yeah vibe in some ways yeah. but yeah brilliant um, yeah that
2: sounds really good so my current read is a proof. I'm not I mm, I need to check when it comes out. Is a proof of olive by Emma Gannon
1: who Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. I've heard like this.
2: So Emma Gannon is a lady, uh a lady. That's a really terrible way of describing someone. Um, she's a person. Uh she is a well, she's known mostly for her podcast, Control Alt Delete. She has two non fiction books, one of them called Control Alt Delete and one of them called The Multi-Hyphen Method. Um, I've read The Multi-Hyphen Method, which I really, really like. Um, A a great non-fiction, sort of working online, making a career slightly uh, different to what's taught to us, Um, both really kind of interesting and um, kind of empowering and all that sort of thing. And this is her first fiction writing. Um, so I got a proof off of NetGalley, and it's it's really really good. It's really really different, and it's quite nice because I'm I mean, going to follow her on Instagram. Um, I really like her as a person as much as you know through our relationship through Instagram. Um, she's written, she does write. She's a she writes anyway. You know, lots of journalistic pieces and things like that. So it's quite nice to see her fiction imagination um and it's focused on this character called olive and it's a contemporary novel very much set in the time um and it's about her decision around children and olive's stance is that she doesn't want children and she's made this decision you know but her best friends are having babies you know everybody around her seems to be having babies it's a certain time in her life you know over the 30 marker when everyone's questioning her decision saying oh you're going to change your mind her relationship breaks up because of it and and it basically um charts um olive's you know personal inner angst and thoughts um about this decision and about how society views a woman who decides that she doesn't want children um so it's it's a really really good um debut novel um I think a lot of people are going to like this um it's also very um very relatable and since that you know there's moments where she's sort of she's just broken up with her boyfriend and ordering delivery like four nights in a row and it's there's very great moments like that that you go yeah okay I um I definitely had those moments and that's and it's it's a very wonderful contemporary novel but it 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 does deal with a lot of sort of um heavy emotions societal expectations and you know if you don't fit on those paths then what that is that that is that question of so what's next or how do I define myself and who am I and what does that mean and where do I fit and it's all of those sort of questions which is it's really, really good. I'm sort of three quarters of the way through, I think, um, but really enjoying it. Um, and it comes out in June. I think it's, yeah, late June it comes out. Um, Amazing. Yeah, but it's a really, a really, really good, solid debut novel from Emma Gannon um, and really... Okay, again, sort of as we were saying, it's a really lovely escapism read for right now.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it sounds like it'll be the perfect lockdown summer read. Um, but like, as in that it's got enough heft to it, a lot of kind of interesting conversation around kind of serious topics, but also yep. that it's a good, fast-paced, easy-to-read kind of novel. Yep. So I think that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I think that sounds really, really good. I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that. Yeah, um, yeah i have not actually... I'm familiar with Emma Gannon, but I've not read any of her work before really. I mean I think I've read a couple of her articles online, but I've never read either of her non fiction books. So um yeah, I think that seems seems like a really good one. Cool. So we were, what our topic for this episode was rereading. Yes. It's a controversial... I guess I say controversial one. Because <laughs> people seem people really do fall into kind of one really one camp or the other, don't you think? Yes. People
2: could be very black and white about it
1: (laughs) yeah because for instance i know that jenny is not a rereader at all she does not reread books um as far as i understand it anyway she a couple of a couple of books maybe but very very much not whereas i reread almost everything i am such a big rereader and i think it just comes from the fact that as a child i was a prolific reader I i want to read everything inside and as a child like we weren't very close to a library um so you know I grew up in a, in a in a rural area so a library a library trip was not necessarily a weekly occurrence <laughs> for us so I kind of had to reread stuff because otherwise I would just run out of things and I mean that's
2: interesting i have not
1: I've not been so I've not been so big on it recently because I think it is just so easy to just keep buying new books on Amazon but there are some that I just constantly would go back to go back to again and again and again um, but yeah, what about you? Are you, are you a reader or are you not a reader? I'm a, a bit
2: of weird in the sort of... I think I'm the middle ground between you and Jenny because there are some books that I have... I mean, Harry Potter, I have read them enough times for a lifetime. I don't need to, but every so often I go back in or I just listen to Stephen Fry do it, you know. I, I'm i the same as... I think childhood, I definitely... I, I I used to read and read and read and read certain books over and over and over again. Um and there are some books that I actually I made a little pile because I was like these are how many is it? One, two, three, four, five. There's five books that I have read several times, but it I think I fall into a very weird camp of I uh, there are some books that I just don't think I would ever reread and I'm very happy them sitting on my shelf and looking at me and I'm like, I've read that I've done with it. And then there's some that I have read probably six or seven times.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, there are definitely some that I would not reread again. I mean, ones that I just didn't particularly enjoy or Mm. just wasn't an enormous fan of for some reason, just didn't speak to me. But if I, if I like a book, I will want to read it multiple times um a couple of times i have got to the end of a book turned around and started it all over again literally immediately really Um, yeah so i did it with the time traveler's wife the time traveler's wife was an immediate turnaround started again um that was incredible um and i've read i would say i've read that book at least 30 times i I reread it a couple of times a year Mm. it's it's a it's a regular regular rereader for me um and The Secret History, I reread every year as well, because it's just, there's just something about it that once the weather starts to turn in the autumn, I I just want to read it again. Um, and the same with The Goldfinch, actually. I've reread that a few times, so both on a chart. But there are a couple of others, like um, one that really stands out. I think Jenny and I both read a book called Tampa a few years ago. Oh, I've not heard of that and it's it's kind of a bit like notes on a scandal but told from the perspective of the teacher having the affair rather than an onlooker oh okay and so but it's set in america it's set in tampa and it's it's not a book i would it's it's really stuck with me i remember a lot about it but there's i have no desire to read that book again it's no it's just it's just quite a lot so but yeah what are your what are your six five six rereads so
2: yeah so it's interesting just to say um because I think I think either I've never I've never I never immediately reread something which I find really fascinating um but I think it's yeah I think either I'm very much even if I love something there are some books that I just absolutely park and go I'm happy I've read that I'm done um so the sort of the five books that I read to death I th- this is the one that I have read the most and actually I can show you because we're Sky- Skyping you can see it's sort of it's worn so it's, oh yeah um, The Lost Art of Keeping Secrets by Eva Rice and I don't I have read this book so many times
1: <laughs> it's such a lovely book I read it earlier in the year and it's just so it's, it's just so lovely it's isn't it it's so
2: lovely and I'm uh, it's this is this this is how i would define my absolute favorite genre type of story um set in the 50s you know post world war 2 uh yeah P- uh, penelope waller- wallace i don't know, i wanted to say phoebe waller bridge cuz that's not not the right person at all the the character in the story is called penelope wallace um she's growing up with um A brother and a mother in a big old mansion house that's crumbling Uh, she meets an eccentric uh, girl called Charlotte and they then sort of go off and have adventures fall in and out of love Um, and again it's sort of like you were saying earlier about it's the costume the clothes the sense of time it's a very comfy cozy read I think I would say that uh I don't, I don't. want to say too much because it's a really beautiful one to discover. If you like sort of historical fiction and want something to race through, I can thoroughly recommend it. But I'm. I hate the cover. I. That is a terrible. Oh
1: yeah, the cover's very twee. Yeah. It's very very twee. With a girl. And with a, it's not great. Drinking
2: a cup of tea with her hand on her waist and a pink, sort of hooped skirt. It's, it's not a it's not a sexy cover in any it's sense. It's not.
1: It's really not great. No. And it's got a couple of illustri- I think you've got the same edition as I do and it's got a couple of illustrations in it I think at the beginning, doesn't it? Yes, and like
2: all um, the Higa
1: it's just a just a cup of uh, just a teapot. Exactly. <laughs> it's just Which kind of I no. was a bit like, "Oh, I'm not really sure how necessary this no, is." it's very. It not. kind of makes it feel very juvenile when actually it's just such a brilliant story. So. Yeah.
2: it's a yeah. really and I I'm amazed there isn't a film because or a tv series because it yeah would that's a, such a good point. it
1: translates translate so well yeah
2: absolutely and, and uh, yeah it's very bizarre it's it but it, going back to your obviously uh, dislike of chick lit but it's almost i mean look at that it's just got a weather vane in it
1: <laughs> it's like exactly it, it's it, it just sort of makes it feel very it feels yeah. like
2: the marketing has gone oh well, we know we'll push it out to women and a particular type of women and yeah it's a it's a bit um it looks very twee, but don't judge a book by, a co- by its cover because it's actually a really lovely story. Um, yes, but that's absolutely, probably, I would completely agree. That's then. probably the one book I have read other than Harry Potter over and over and over and over and over again. It's sort of when I'm feeling a bit sad or... You know how sometimes you go to a particular movie or a particular type of movie when you're feeling a bit ugh about everything? That's probably my book equivalent of a movie when you're feeling a bit crappy about things. Yes. Um, and actually, I think I got that, out I think that makes a lot of sense during lockdown because I was like, ah, oh, this is a good time to read it.
0: Oh. <laughs>
2: I was like, yeah. Um and then The Casale Chronicles, which and this is the first one, but um The Casale Chronicles is my absolute favorite series of all time. Um again, historical fiction. It's a big family, lots of different characters, post uh, no, just before World War 2 nineteen thirty seven um about the Caslet family they have a house in Sussex it's got london yeah lots of characters brilliant series um that's another one of my favorite rereads um have you ever read eighty four Charing cross road
1: no but it's on it's been on my to read list for quite a while It's a really
2: lovely book um it's letters and it's by Helen Hampth and i've got this
1: really lovely um oh that's a beautiful edition yeah, it's, it's um, just like a lovely red hardback with gold lettering it's yeah. just so that's so pretty it's like a pocket size sort of
2: have you heard of slightly foxed no There's, um slightly foxed are a magazine i think they have a podcast now as well they're a magazine and they sort of and they do these really beautiful editions thoroughly recommend googling them um They do slightly off-the-beaten-track sort of books, a bit like this, and they have limited amounts of these different editions. Um, They choose, like, authors that you probably would have heard of, but books that aren't necessarily in the mainstream. Um, So, yeah, this is a really lovely um, edition of this book. And I treated myself to this because it's, again, a book that I could read again and again. And it's letters between... Um, uh, Helen Hamth, uh, um no, not Helen Hanf, <laughs> that's the author of the book. Um, it's letters between a bookshop and a lady um, in America. Um, and it, it's a re- it's quite a hard one to explain. It's just a really beautiful story that's been put together of this correspondence between a bookshop and a customer. Um, back and forth, back and forth, you know, again it goes into wartime post-war talking it's amazing how the connection of books then transcends into an amazing relationship and um there's a whole sort of story to it and they're structured in a really beautiful way but it starts off with a request for a particular type of book and then yeah it's sort of this decades-long correspondence between a customer and a bookshop owner which is really beautiful
1: it sounds very um, lovely, very charming, very very charming. Yeah. Basically,
2: all of my rereads are really sort of that charming
1: coziness. <laughs> oh, but that's such a good such an important thing. Mine are not always like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think because I do read a lot and I do often pick quite heavy things or have I mean, I absolutely love a good grizzly thriller murder thing. So <laughs> it's quite nice to have those sort of it's like a reassuring blanket or something like to sort of escape into when you've just been reading about some really quite heavy scary things
1: (laughs) and i think that i i think you've actually just made me realize something is that i actually like to reread the heavy books because i like reading heavy books i like reading so one of the other ones I've reread several times is *A Little Life* by Hanya Yanagihara. Oh,
2: I mean that's incredible because I haven't finished that. Which,
1: <laughs> I mean, okay. So I'm—I don't know how I did it, but I, the first time I read it, I read, I read the whole thing within 24 hours on holiday. I literally just—I wow. did not put it down. I don't think I really slept. It was absurd, really, when I think back on it. That's incredible. But I had to go back and read it again a second time within a couple of months because because I read it so quickly. There was so much that I just kind of skimmed I guess really and kind of the extra layers that you kind of pick up in these heavy books I think with the rereads but it's also that thing of when you know what's going to happen you can focus more on kind of the the characters and the writing and the story in a way that you can't with a heavy book the first time you read it so A Little Life is a great example of this because it's so intense it's so dark it's so miserable in some places (laughs) that it kind of it's so wrenching that you kind of forget how beautiful the writing is and you kind of forget how wonderful the characters are because you're just so focused on the immediate oh my god this thing is happening and yeah in rereading those you kind of really pick up on it in a way that you just you just don't before so yeah so that's one um the goldfinch is another that's very very similar to that um you know some of the really dark stuff that goes on in the goldfinch i just didn't i just kind of couldn't compute fully the first time i read it um, the Time Traveler's Wife. I mean, I think is just my comfort blanket of a book. Mm. The Secret History. Again, there's some there's some dark stuff goes on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those those four for sure. And then obviously, yeah, as you say, the Harry Potter's, the Pride and Prejudice. Oh the, yeah. You know, all kind of some of the uh, To Kill a Mockingbird I've read oh, okay. endless times. I've yeah. read that so many times. It's so lovely. But yeah, I think I think I agree that it is just for me. Well. Not sure if I disagree actually. Um but for me, yeah, kind of rereading the the dark books kind of helps deal with the darkness of them, I think. It's
2: almost actually now now you've said it, it's almost if you need to reread those types of books because like you say, uh, plot wise, that's your first initial reading and then subsequent readings are all the tiny, tiny details and books like that. I mean Exactly. I I haven't finished A Little Life. I think I wasn't in the right frame of mind i I think something like if I read it on holiday, I probably would have like like you probably smashed through it quite quickly, but i it struggled to get into it, and I wasn't quite feeling it, and that's why I had to put it down but it it's definitely one I'll come back to but you know i i I think you i I really do get why people reread things because even books that I've read over and over and over again you still do pick up on new things or you know feel exactly. a, feel about it differently if you're a bit older or a different time of your life and I think that's what's also quite interesting about when you first read it and you know all those other times in between
1: exactly and you sort of you touch on the person that you were when you read it the first time and how you perhaps yes yeah, saw things at a very surface level yeah and then when you read it again particularly if like you leave kind of a big gap between rereading books and I'm trying to think Rebecca I read when I was quite young I think I read it when I was about 15 and then I didn't reread it again until I was sort of well into my 20s so Mm. probably the best part of a 10 year gap between rereading it and the difference in how I interpreted that book and how I felt about the book were huge and now I've that's another one that I've read so many times I love Rebecca it's just beautiful but um but yeah I think I for me I feel like people are missing so much if they don't reread. I think there's so many things that just you just don't pick up on. You just don't follow through. And the the way you get to know the characters just feels so different. Like, mm. you just sort of feel more like they're your friends than you would do if you've just read it once. I do get,
2: yeah, I do get that.
1: And I think as well, because I'm, cause I'm quite a quick reader, I do definitely sometimes skim things. There are definitely bits that I just oh. skim straight past because I'm, guilty of because that. I'm reading quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely and, guilty of that. And when you know, and as I said, when you know the pot you can just kind of luxuriate in it so much more and you can kind of take your time with it a bit more and just kind of enjoy it that bit more. I and think. also, this, it's
2: the kind of a chance to rediscover it and almost, exactly. question, almost question yourself and go, OK, so why did I like this one so much? Like, why did I really enjoy this and okay oh okay it felt slightly different about this part that i did the- and there is an element of nostalgia in it you know obviously harry potter is a childhood thing so that's quite nice to be taken back into those sort of those moments but i mean i'm the same with um pride and prejudice um you know i read it at school um and for once school didn't ruin that book for me but I I fell in love with that and Pride and Prejudice and Emma um, which I which we actually compared for our final A -A level exam but I love those books and it was quite nice I know them on a very very sort of crazy technical level in terms of putting that essay out for your A levels but I also can read them and compare completely and utterly enjoy them as well
1: yeah that's exactly how i feel about suite Francaise, which i used essentially as a source for my degree dissertation right um and i read that i'd read it before i did my degree and it came up kind of as part of my degree studies and i decided yeah to kind of focus my history dissertation around a lot of the themes that it discusses in it um and i have read that book to shreds and i've <laughs> ripped it to shreds from a historical perspective from a source material perspective from a you know, sort of fiction versus reality perspective. And I still love it and I can still read it and I still think it's just such a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can completely relate. I didn't do English A-level for that exact reason. though. I was worried <laughs> that I would end up hating Pride and Prejudice because I'd have to rip it to shreds yeah. for for an A-level. So... If, good to know that you didn't no you didn't turn up in no that but that's
2: why i can't stand margaret atwood
1: I <laughs> oh no, oh, which people are
2: like you can't put and i'm just i can't do it guys i'm sorry everyone you can oh. you can tell me how much you love it but no margaret atwood no,
1: I <laughs> just, it's i just ruined. think it's just such a shame it's, it's exactly it's by all means hate hate it but i just feel that that's that's so unfair i Margaret atwood that you had to hate rather than I don't know, Howard's End or something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I maybe in a different life. Maybe my parallel universe person is enjoying Outward, but for me yeah. I don't but no, I I I do get it, but it's funny because obviously earlier we I said about you know, sometimes it feels like this pressure to um like everything that everybody else likes, and there's also this pressure to read so much and be k- keep up with the current list. And, you know, I mean, you can see this. This is my bedside table pile, which is
1: it's incredible. Yeah, it's it's, it's enormous and, and brilliant. That's also
2: quite a conservative. I've got actually down here a whole other load, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I I'm very lucky in the sense that I have friends that send me books. I know I I know people in the publishing world, so I get sent you know advance copies, a few, not crazy amounts, but. You know, I love books, but it's not my entire personality.
1: Exactly, um, I feel exactly the same. And
2: you know, but people do ask me about recommendations, and and obviously this is wonderful. I love talking about books, um, but there is sometimes this pressure. And recently, I've had it. I think with like on Instagram and stuff, I was just like oh, just oh. I love reading, but it's also I don't want to ruin it for myself. Yes, and part of the that what feeds into it is you know keeping up having read what everyone else is talking about having you know be be, keep on top of all those things tick off the list but actually sometimes there's something so so wonderful about going no no i'm gonna read the book that i've read 17 times again because that is why i actually enjoy reading
1: (laughs) exactly i completely completely agree with with that. And I particularly find myself rereading after I've particularly not liked a book. Yeah. Or after I've really fallen into a reading slump. Like I find generally speaking, with a reading slump, my main way out of it is to read something that I know I love. Yeah. Um sometimes reading something by an author I know I like, but generally speaking it's just rereading a book that I love, I've read before, it's not taxing on the brain so much anymore because you know the story, you know the twists, you know the turns, whatever's going to happen but it just feels comforting and mm. familiar and i love that and i do feel that people who don't reread books miss out on so much it's just yeah i think there's so many great books out there and i mean obviously by rereading you are reducing the time that you have to read new things but as you say it's not all about just kind of keeping up the list of this is what i should be reading this is next on my list it's more about just reading for the sake of reading and enjoying it
2: yeah and i think that i think that's it, it sometimes just misses that mark of i mean i do keep up Ish, I mean, not hugely so, but, you know, why are classics classics? You know, why do people love Pride and Prejudice so much? Why do people, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird, why have they survived the times? They were written a very, very long time ago, but why are they still classics? Why are they still being, you know, a new jacket and re-released and published by everybody? It's because they're a favourite and prob, and most likely because people have read them over and over again. And and it kind of just thinks almost, almost I want to look back on my shelves and go, you know, that is full of my classics, I guess you could say.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, exactly. Rather than just having all of the books, I'd rather have a smaller selection of books that I've loved many, many times. I think our general consensus here is rereading yeah. is the way forward. Please reread your books. Yeah. Please don't let them just languish on a shelf, particularly if you love it. Go and pick it up again. It's it's so important to love it and read it and keep doing that. Yeah, and be... don't
2: worry about it just absolutely if you want to read something and uh, just keep on rereading it then I think that's exactly. it. I think forget about all the other noise and just enjoy the story. <laughs>
1: um, exactly. Yeah, Precisely. And yeah. I think I think that's the very very strong message of the of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, this has been very lovely.
2: Oh, so nice. <laughs>
1: um it's been yeah it's been lovely to to record with you for the first time and i think hopefully people who are listening will share their thoughts on rereading with us oh yeah please um please tweet us please email us please um you know let us know kind of in the show notes which jenny always hosts on her on her blog. um yeah i want to know do you do you reread do you not reread is there is there anything that has been your exception to the rule um, it's such an interesting topic. It's so good.
2: Yeah, I think then keep keep the conversation going because I think feel that people get you know have strong feelings about this and we want to know about them. We want to know how you feel if you are a yes, ardent. No. Never open that book ever again. <laughs> then, <laughs> then come convince us of your uh,
0: of your theory. of your
1: ways. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's probably. A good point to stop at before we before we murder the topic (laughs) by rereading it. By rereading
0: rereading
2: the rereading topic.
1: (laughs) Exactly.